Welcome, everybody. This is the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley. Every week, we are working to bring stories that are inspiring in, in all sorts of ways to our members and our guests. And we, as Rotarians, have this special interest in service. If you did not know, the motto of Rotary International is service above self. Our club, the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley, has a special interest in education, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And as I like to say when this happens, it is always cool when we hit all of those points with a presentation, and we will get that today. Our speaker today is Brandon Dennison of the Coalfield Development Corporation. He is in West Virginia, and I found out about him through a Starbucks Upstanders video that was, was the kind of thing that you watch and you think, wow, that's awesome. Managed to get in touch with him and convince him that it would be worth a few minutes of his time to share his story with our members and guests. So with that, I'd like to hand it over to Brandon. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being interested. Hello from West Virginia. So I, I'm born and raised in, in West Virginia. And so this is really my passion. And where, where the kind of the, the beginning story for Coldfield Development, I, I used to lead a youth group a, a pres for a Presbyterian church. We would do traditional charitable volunteer work. And it was, it was good stuff. But I always just felt like it, it wasn't enough to really change things and really get at the roots of poverty. And the last service trip that I led was in Mingo County. Uh, it was back in my home state of West Virginia, in a place called Mingo County, which is deep in the coal fields of southern West Virginia. And as we were working, these two young men approached me and they had tool belts slung over their shoulders and they asked me if we had work available. And I explained that we were just volunteers. And the two young men went on their way. And it was a very, it was, it was a brief interaction. And yet I felt like that interaction really summed up the, the, the challenge that we have here in Appalachia, which is that we have people who want to work. We have people who want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. But because of how messed up our economy has gotten, there's just not an opportunity to apply that gumption. And so even though it was a brief interaction, it would actually kind of haunt me and bother me that here in my home state, we have people who want to work and be a part of something, but they, there's just not anything for them to apply that, uh, that get up and go attitude toward. And so that was really the seed for Coalfield Development. And it helped me understand that we just doing job training or just doing technical assistance for small businesses really was not going to be enough. I felt like I had to think more creatively and, and more holistically. And so that led to Coalfield Development. So we are based in, in Southern West Virginia. We do have a lot of challenges here. And this, this slide kind of encapsulates the, I'll call them stereotypes, but they're not totally unfair. I mean, we've been overly reliant on, on one industry for a long time, on the coal industry, that's made, it's made us very vulnerable. You know, it's like when you go to see a financial advisor, they're never going to tell you, put all your money in stocks or put all your money in bonds. They're always going to diversify your portfolio. And in West Virginia, we failed to diversify our economy. And so now we find ourselves in a tough spot. Our, our environment is, in many instances, decimated. This, there's a picture here of a mountaintop removal site just hundreds of thousands of acres per strip mine site turned into a moonscape, basically. And the coal industry has been in decline for decades. It's been in the headlines recently, 
But really, over time, it's been this slow, slow decline in employment. And so now we have this opioid crisis, this addiction crisis, which really is very much tied to the crisis. A lot of people feel like there's just not hope for a better tomorrow. And that leads to, uh, in many cases, that leads to this, this need to kind of numb, numb the pain. So we are in a tough spot. And, and yet there's much more to the story. We're tough people. We're creative people. We're, we're, we're hardworking people. And, and so there's more to the story. So our, our mission here, we, we inspire Appalachian courage and then activate creativity. And then we have this word we use a lot, which is cultivate, cultivate community and cultivate opportunity. So in other words, we're not just trying to create jobs or attract businesses, but really provide holistic supports to people who are experiencing poverty so they can, so they can reverse that poverty cycle and live a full life. So uh, we put a lot of thought into to our theory of change. And this really, you should read this from the bottom up. Uh, so we're very much grounded in, in community, uh, collaboration with our partners. We do on-the-job training. We layer on higher education. What we're saying here is ultimately, new markets are gonna be needed to diversify our economy and entrepreneurial mindsets are critical, but it's kind of unfair to expect this entrepreneurship movement when we just have so many basic human needs that aren't being met right now. So at Coldfield Development, we organize our work according to what we call our, our three core capabilities. We incubate and grow employment-based social enterprises. We use those enterprises to put unemployed people, uh, minors, young adults, people on public assistance back in the workforce. And then we cultivate that job with additional opportunity that we call personal and academic development. And then we have a community-based real estate component where we take a lot of what are considered liabilities, empty buildings, old strip mines, and we use our new local workforce to convert those back into assets. So essentially, we're organized as a, as a family of social enterprises. Um, you see Solar Holler down here. So we helped start the first ever solar installation company in Southern West Virginia. That's now a totally, Coalfield is a nonprofit as the, as the umbrella or the parent, but the subsidiaries are, are for-profits or if they start out as nonprofits, they're on a trajectory to become for-profits. The solar enterprise is now a 100% for-profit company, has 42 employees. It's, it's kind of an economic miracle that the solar company is flourishing in coal country. Uh, we have wood shops that kind of build on the artisan culture here. We have an organic food company. That's a refresh Appalachia. We have a, a t-shirt company. The shirts are made out of 100% recycled material. And we are a licensed general contractor. So we do a lot of construction uh, training as well. So the types of businesses we're incubating are designed to pioneer a more sustainable and fair and just economy. We know that we our one organization cannot employ every single unemployed person, but we can, sh we can show very tangibly what a new and better way looks like. So these are, this is a graduation. We, in a, we do, let's see, I want to get to that. Yeah, 33, 6, and 3. So when we, we create these enterprises and then we use the enterprises to put unemployed people back to work, and then we use this 33, 6, and 3 model. This is really the crux of, this is a key social innovation that we've come up with. So it's how we organize the work week, 33 hours of paid work 
So it's a real job and it pays well above minimum wage. So that's a, a key hook. It's, it's a real job for a real company. But then we don't just want people to be entry-level employees and stay there. We want them to help find their passion and, and then equip them to live out that passion. So six hours a week, all of our crew members are enrolled in the local community college, working on an associate's degree in technical studies. And three hours a week, we personal development. So we're carving out three hours every week just to deal with life stuff, life challenges, transportation challenges, healthcare challenges, um, mental health issues. It might not be our staff that provides the direct support, but we have a network that we can plug folks into uh, as needed and according to their unique needs. So at the end of the two and a half year contract, we have folks who've gone from unemployed, sometimes homeless, often in a state, in a place of addiction to becoming the first college graduate in their family to the, the pride and agency of being part of innovative cutting edge companies that are rebuilding the Appalachian economy ground up and, and then and earning that degree and being ready to, to go into the workforce and, and live a full life. And so, and these community-based real estate projects really become the launch pads for the businesses or for the training that we do. And the real estate piece is important because it's so tangible. There is, there's a lot of cynicism and skepticism. Uh, a lot of promises have been made in Southern West Virginia, promises by corporations, promises by government programs. And so the tangibility is really important for us to build that local trust and gain that traction. People need to be able to see and touch and feel positive change, not just be told about it or not just see a fancy plan uh, about it. So we, this is our 10-year anniversary. Uh, we started in 2010. It started as a grad school internship for me. I was born and raised in West Virginia, but at that time I was in Indiana and I had a yearning to, to come back home. I always knew there was a need back home. We started very small. My best friend from high school helped get our contractor's license. We hired a crew of just three. Started with young men. Now we have men and women. And we've, we've trained over a thousand people. We've created over 250 new jobs. We've actually leveraged over $20 million in new funding into Southern West Virginia in the last 10 years. So it's been a good first decade. And we certainly hope to more than double that in the next decade. And I appreciate your all's interest and I'm happy to take questions. And um, this is, I, I meant to put my email up there. My, my personal email is on our website and it's Denison at coalfield-development.org. If, if I don't get your question today, by all means, shoot me an email and I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. So just appreciate your all's interest. Happy to continue the conversation. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> excellent. 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 Yeah. And we, and when this recording is the program for our, our club's meeting, uh, this, this contact information will be below it as well. So people can get, uh, get in touch with you. Uh, I want to introduce the people that we've got on the call. So are the recording. So in addition to our speaker, Brandon, we have with us, just wave if, if your camera's on and if not, you know, that's okay. When, when I call your name, let me shift to gallery view. We have in Houston, Texas, Rory Olson. Rory, Judge Rory, thank you for being here. Another member of our club, also our club's paella master, Shags Shagrin in Walnut Creek, California. In Southern California, I have uh, two friends from, from the educational technology world, Dr. Valerie Sun. Thank you, Valerie, for being here. And Barb Fennell, thank you, uh, Professor, for being here as well. Not going to wave because I believe she's driving at the moment. Is my is my buddy Monica Latin in Dallas, Texas, a, a lawyer doing doing good in the world. 
So what I'd like to do is, is give people the chance to ask questions about the different things. Wave at me if you've got one ready to go. And if not, I will, I will start myself. So Brandon, when we think about bringing opportunity to an area that is, is facing challenges, right? You know, clearly there, there are advantages, right? It, it's a cheaper place to do business. You know, there, there's, there's a workforce starting for work, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are advantages, but having an organization that can kind of channel these things together has got to be a, a huge help for making that happen. Have, have you found that there are companies that maybe tried to get something started before, and then once you were there to kind of work with them, you were able to smooth out wrinkles that, that they were hitting along the way? Is that, well, that That's how the solar gig played out. So I don't know much about solar. Another entrepreneur did, but he was struggling to yeah, he was drumming up the business, but he was struggling on the workforce side. So a lot of entrepreneurs who do have good ideas, they know the workforce is out there, but there's a skills kind of mismatch. And so what's unique about Coalfield is we can we we can tailor our training to a specific sector or industry, and we can be pretty nimble about how we do that. That's key. And then the other thing that's key is we work on on poverty. So a lot of workforce development training, it's all about the technical skill sets, which of course are critical. But for someone who's just experiencing pure chaos in their life, that it's not enough to just give them a technical skill. You got to work on those. Some call them soft skills. You know, we kind of call them essential skills of, you know, just how to, how to prioritize, how to plan, how to save money, how to be healthy. A lot of times people in industry kind of dismiss that as fluff, but really it's, it's critical. That yeah, makes sense. Valerie asks, how, is, how are you able to overcome the skepticism at the beginning when you were just getting started? At the beginning, Yeah, you know, I d- that takes me back to, I mean, I do remember I had a contractor. I was kind of pitching this plan at a business leader luncheon thing. And afterwards, the contractor, he was literally laughing and scoffing at me. And he said, you're doing this where? And I said, you know, we're starting in Wayne County, West Virginia. He said, hi, you're you're never going to find anybody who wants to work down there. Everybody's just pillheads, you know? And that was so disheartening on multiple levels. But uh, the main one is like, if, if we don't even believe in ourselves, how are we supposed to uh, grow from here? But what I found too is in many cases, it's like a defense mechanism. I think we do believe in ourselves, but we've just, right, we've been kind of kicked down so many times, kind of put up these, these walls and act like we don't care. Uh, and that's so back to that tangibility is critical. So I knew in that conversation, I was not going to change that contractor's mind with beautiful words. But a year later, when he saw, even though we started with just three young men, when he came and saw those young men who previously were on public assistance, were on unemployment or SSI, now with tool belts and hard hats and work gloves, and they were converting this building that had sat empty for a decade into a new coffee shop, the first new business on Main Street in years. You just can't be against that. You just can't. It's too real. And so the tangibility is really how we've overcome a lot of the cynicism. Same with solar. I mean, obviously, we're in coal country. There's a lot of skepticism about solar. But then once you see those panels going up and it's the first installation of solar panels in the, that the town's ever seen, it just creates this, it's like a real conversation starter. It's something out of the ordinary. 
And when it's, you see it's local people that are getting paid to do that, you know, it's no longer this green versus coal battle. It's just jobs. It's just local people doing their job. And it takes a lot of the negative politics out of the whole conversation. Yeah, I think that in a lot of parts of the world, jobs are the answer to, to conflict, right? Monica has a question. She's like, so we've had over a thousand, you know, people trained. What are some of the jobs, like just, just job, 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 that, that graduates have obtained as a result of the training that they get from Coalfield Development? Yep. So solar installer has been a, been a good success. We do a lot of carpenters, union carpenter. We have a partnership with a local carpenters union that, that works very well. Manufacturing, even though we don't necessarily train in manufacturing, a lot of the, the skill sets, the soft skill sets, just, you know, employers like that we can guarantee someone will be on time. They'll have a good attitude. They'll pass a drug test. That's a, you know, that's a good starting point, even if it's, we didn't exactly train in the technical skills that the employer's looking for. I would say um, those three have been our biggest, solar, construction, and manufacturing. Got it. Great. Thank you. Uh, Barb, you're up. Hi. So I am calling here from Southern California, and I love the idea of being able to uh, really have that whole thing of having a hand up and not a hand out type of thing. I know that's such a trite term, but it's so true because when you are part of community, how much that makes a difference in feeling that you aren't alone, that you are making that full change. I had, I come from kind of a harsh background. And so I had a brother who spent some time in prison and love him, one of my favorite person, people in the world. But just seeing how in rebuilding your life that you have to have a chance to have community and a chance for people to believe in you. And, you know, I'm grateful my brother has a bunch of us who love him and are ready to go. But what about people who also their other family members are having difficulty? Who is there? How many people can be there for someone when we, if a lot of people are struggling? With that, I wanted to point out that I love the idea of the 3363 because I just think that's a really um, well thought out plan with the idea of having the 33 hours of work because they are getting paid and that kind of thing. And then just the idea of getting your degree along with that time. What a great um, way of being able to also show other family members, kids, that kind of thing that you are working toward the future and getting something from that. I have a question, though, about the three. For the professional development, I was wondering, I'm sorry, the personal development, what, what, you said that they get to choose what kind of things will be meaningful for them. So I'm wondering, um, and you said you have people that come in. So if you have somebody who has financial needs, someone who needs AA meetings, if you have other, like, whatever they need, how do you make that happen? Or do you just have different workshops and they can attend what they need? So it's actually... It's, it's very, it's actually very structured so that we can identify the real issues and then provide what they need. So we have 12 professional development themes and 12 personal development themes. So that's one for every month. So, and then we have journal prompts and they do this on the job. And, and each theme has like a West Virginian from history who really embodies the themes who kind of build a little local pride, do some learning. And then you have some journal prompts and some exercises that, that they do. And then we have a kind of a resources section. So every day at the end of their, what we call reflection time, we do a check-in on resources. So how, are you okay transportation-wise? You know, are you okay with physical health, 
mental health. It's worded smarter. <laughs> we have a, a person, our director of professional development, who owns this whole piece of the work. And then that's where we do, we connect people with the, the other resources they need. And that actually happens outside of the three. So the three is actually very structured in trying to identify what's going on in your life. And then we can make the right referrals as needed. Fantastic. Absolutely. Do we have any things down? And we'll stop the recording for our members and guests. So, you know, or those watching the recording, we get to keep talking to the guy as long as, as our speakers, uh, you know, have a little time. We, we get to ask more questions after we, we stop the recording. It's a perk of being part of the club to meet such interesting people and really engage in such good ideas. All of our members and guests are encouraged to do two things. Uh, one is let us know you are here. So they're down the page a little bit in the meeting where, where this is posted. You'll see a, uh, a little attendance piece. And if you put your email in properly, those of you who are visiting us from other Rotary Clubs, you'll get an email that you can pass along to your club secretary to make up a mess for your own club. Additionally, at the bottom, we have the our forum, the discuss section, D-I-S-Q-U-S. And we ask people to, to leave comments, leave questions about this program, about other elements of the meeting, things you read, things you're curious about. You know, we love hearing from people about, about our model for trying to bring technology to serve the business of service. So with that, I would like to hand it back to Brandison for Brandison. That's how your name gets contracted. Now, Brandon, for, for a last word for the recording. Well, thank you all for your interest. And what I would ask is that, that you would believe in us. I do think that's powerful to a question earlier. Uh, you know, we're not just flyover country and we don't shift to cleaner energy. I, I do believe we need to make the shift to cleaner energy, but in doing so, we can't forget the communities that have given so much to our country, to power our country for so long. Uh, we can't just be left behind. Uh, otherwise, a lot of the hurt and the pain in our country is just going to get deeper and deeper. So conversations just like this, I actually think are quite valuable and I appreciate your interest. And the last thing I'll say, kind of a shameless plug, you can go to coalfield-development.org and donate. Or you could go, if you go to that same website, you can get redirected to the pages of some of our social enterprises and you can do business with us. Our wood shop makes office furniture. Our t-shirt company does custom uh, t-shirt designs and, and we love to do business with you. So thanks so much for your interest and, and hope to meet some of you in person some days. Awesome, Brad. Thanks again. And everyone else, we'll see you next week.